0: You're listening to the Bread of Life podcast, featuring my latest teachings from the Word of God. The Word is truth and life to those who find it, and Jesus is ready to be found. So yeah, so I just give God all the glory, and I just want to start off here by laying down a foundation, really, and it's maybe one that you've heard before, or maybe one that you've forgotten but I just want to remind you that your life is not your own your life is not your own and from the moment that you said I do at baptism from the moment you said I do at the altar from the moment you confess you said Lord I surrender all take my life take my heart It's at that moment that we confess that we confess that our life is not our own. I think it's very paramount and vital that we understand this. I believe this is a very core principle that we as Christians in this walk that we are walking in ought to understand and perceive because understanding this truly will change our vision that our life is not our own and we cannot just get up and go where we want to go when we feel like it. We cannot just do things as we feel like it because we report to one, we report to God and we are his. Our life is not our own. And I think this is one of the problems that we have today because we want to do what we want to do and we want to go where we want to go. And you can even look at when the government even says, wear a mass. And then you have a set of people who don't wear a mask and the government says stay at home. And then you have a set of people who don't stay at home because in fact, we want to do what we want to do. We want to go where we want to go. But in this life that we have subjected ourselves to, which is in the life of Christ, it's important we understand that our life is not our own. And we cannot just go about things the way as they used to be. And I just want to draw a reference here to the fact that if you walk into a store and you pick up an item in that store and you attempt to walk out that store, and given that there is a guard at the gate, he will hold on to you. He will request that you show him a receipt for that which you have purchased. Now, that which you have in your possession is not yours unless you have a receipt to show for it unless you can prove the purchase of that thing that thing is not yours and so the god has every right to hold on to you he has every right to request a receipt because the item is still under the possession of that shop but let's say that you walked into a shop and you had purchased the thing and that thing that you have purchased you've received the receipt, that thing then becomes yours because you have a right to it by the purchase of it. And you are able to walk out of that store freely under no obligation to answer any man because that thing is now yours. You can do what you want to do with it. You can buy an accessory and add on to it. You can stample upon it. You can even throw it away because it's yours and no one can tell you what to do with it because it's now yours. You can even sell it on. Because it is yours. Some of you may already see where I'm going with this. You see, we have been bought with a price. And that price is the blood of Jesus. That price was costly. And that price, by that which we were purchased by, means that our life is not our own. Our life is not our own. And we report to Father God. And by his counsel, we ought to live this life. And by his counsel, it is the only way that will guarantee us success in this life. For he had made it sure that once he has purchased us, he will protect us and grant us a way to eternal life. I just want to draw your attention now to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 18, and I'll start from verse one to four. It says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house And behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred. It was ruined in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Amen. I want to zoom in on the word marred, marred ruined, spoiled. The Bible says that the vessel that he had was spoiled in the hand of the potter. And I can see from here that spoiled in this context to which I am drawing from is it was not as expected. It was not as desired. It was not as planned. And yet it was in the hand of the potter. And we can even look at this and say, There could even be a situation in our lives that is not going to plan. That is not going as expected. Perhaps even our life is heading down a road that is not as planned. It is not as expected. But the Bible says that he was willing to redo it. He was willing to make it over again. But the key thing is, he was willing to do so as it seemed good to him. It is as it seemed good to him. And oftentimes we are trying to fix things, but it's not as it seems good to God. God is willing to redo, but it is as it seems fit and good and pleasing to him. And our role in his hands is to merely submit. To submit and to let him do it. Our role is to come into agreement with God and to let him do it. It is the only way he will do it. He says his counsel alone will stand. He is willing to do it, but as he seems fit. And I believe sometimes we go around in a cycle, a cycle of when the clay gets marred and it's been tried, it's been attempted to be redone. But if the clay does not submit, it will continually be marred, as we can see also here in the video. And we will find ourselves in that cycle. But from the moment we submit, all things change. All things change because now the clay is as designed and the potter is pleased with that which his hands has made. Amen. You know, whilst I was meditating on this, I heard the word mutually inclusive. Now, oftentimes what happens to me is that I I hear words that I don't even know the meaning of. And so it sends me to the dictionary. And this is how I know something has not come of me, but has come from the spirit himself. And it sent me there to the dictionary. And whilst I was there, I found the sister word mutually exclusive. But I want us to pay attention with mutually inclusive, because that was the word that was given to me. But I will show you the sister word, Mutually exclusive as well. Mutually exclusive. This is when two events cannot happen at the same time. Two events are there, but it cannot happen at the same time. What does this mean? Our will and his will cannot work together to produce the end result of satisfying him. or fulfilling his purpose. In no way or shape can we pursue the purpose of God with our will and his will operating in opposites. This is the mutually exclusive. But I zoom in here on the mutually inclusive, which describes things that must be together for an event to happen. These are numerous things happening, the minimum two, that must be together for an event to happen. What does this mean? This means our will must become his will in order for him to be satisfied. Our wills must join together as one in unison in order for him to be satisfied. And in his satisfaction, we too are satisfied. But what pleases God will end up pleasing us, even if it doesn't happen at the time of submission. In retrospective, we will see that it was good for us to listen to his counsel and not take the path of destruction. Our will must become his will in order to fully see that which he has promised, in order to fully see the end that the Lord Jesus Christ has prepared for us the expected end, it must be in unison. You see, Jesus presented himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. He presented his will, but it was rejected. And after it was rejected, he then aligned himself with the will of God. Now, I don't think there's nothing wrong in presenting our will to God. I mean, it says here that Jesus asked the Lord to turn the cup I do not believe in anything wrong in presenting our will but from the moment we realize it's been rejected we are to align our life is not our own the problem is sometimes we present our will to God and it gets rejected and then we walk away asking ourselves what am I supposed to do when the real point is you know what to do you just don't want to do it You present your will to God and then it gets rejected and then you ask that you need help and then you say that you're stuck. But the reason why you're stuck is because you do not want to move forward with his will and so you're stuck thinking that is there any way and any different avenue that your will will come to pass? The answer is one, no. It has to be his will. It has to be his way. And if we're not careful, our thoughts, our desires can become a stronghold that we will not let go. But we must let go. We must submit and surrender it. Thank you for listening to the Bread of Life podcast. Visit our website, nomoreblind.com. For more information regarding this podcast and many others, share this message with your friends and family and help us spread the word of God, which restores our soul. Until next time, remember, the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of God will never change.